0: Welcome to The Nicholas Natalie Show, where we chat with entrepreneurs, experts, and entertainers to help you live a more fulfilling life and take your business to the next level. Today, we're chatting with Alex Fasulo. Alex is a full-time freelance content creator and educator who is passionate about showing every single person that they, too, have a divine purpose, and deserve to live a life free from money woes. Having achieved financial freedom in her 20s, Alex is on a mission to show everyone what's possible when we turn our backs on the systems society has told us are in our best interest. To Alex, the most valuable thing a person can do today is own their own income streams. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to talk to the podcast enthusiasts in the room. Are you ready to take your podcast to the next level? Do you dream of being recognized as a leading voice in your industry? Then listen up, because this message... It's for you, handcrafted for you, baby. With our expert guidance, you can launch or elevate your podcast to new heights of success. We'll help you create a top quality show that engages your audience and strengthens your brand. But wait, it gets even better. When you work with us, you'll have the opportunity to rub shoulders with the best and brightest leaders in your field. You'll gain access to insider knowledge and strategies that will take your podcast to the next level. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. We're looking for five driven entrepreneurs who are ready. To make their podcast dreams a reality. So, what are you waiting for? Apply now through the link in the show notes and schedule your free consultation today. Let's make your podcast a content machine that gets your message heard loud and clear. Riddle of the week What state is known for its small drinks? Stay tuned to the end of this episode to find out. That was the intro. Now, here is the episode. And here's where we're going to start. We're going to dive right in. AI. I read that you're predicting that freelancers are going to be at the forefront of AI users in business since corporations take forever to adopt and accept new technology. How are you taking advantage of AI to push your business forward right now, and how would you suggest others use it?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I would say I'm predominantly using it for the organization and idea generation, meaning If I sit down to write a blog or an ebook and I don't know how to structure it, I don't know what the chapter should be, I love using ChatGPT for that. So it kind of has killed like writer's block, um, which sometimes can take a lot of, you know, a lot of time for the writers out there to come up with the structure of the book, the structure of the blog. And I really like using it for the organization elements, the talking points. I'm still doing the like, meat of the writing myself, because I do believe there is still a place for, you know, human touch in writing. And Google has said that they are going to downgrade, obviously, AI generated articles, blogs, and all that stuff. So they've already said they're not going to really count it towards SEO. So I'm not scared about people not needing writers at all. But I do think it's amazing to speed up efficiency with like writer's block stuff.
0: Yeah, writer's block is huge. I feel like every time I can't come up with a title for a podcast episode i pop in there i'll be like generate a couple and then i'm like i'll take a derivative of that you know i'll take my own spin off of something exactly. that they're generating i saw yeah. another crazy prediction of yours is that uh our okay. brains and this is what i need i need a better understanding of this you gotta let me in our brains will be its own unique ai we plug into any client orders yeah expand on this idea for me
1: okay so to make your own ai tool right of yourself it needs a lot of inputted content, like it needs like 10,000 pieces of your writing or logos that you've made or whatever. So I think this will be reserved for people who have been freelancing for five, six, seven years. I know for me, I have written, I think over 15,000 things. This includes social media, captions, tweets, anything can count towards this. If you have enough uh, data points that you can plug into it, maybe it's like 10,000 pieces, you can essentially create an AI that is you based on all of your writing. So it would scan the 15,000 things you've written and get a feel for your cadence, you know, the adjectives you use, the corny jokes you make, that type of thing. And then I think in the future, freelancers will like own the AI version of their brain and people will be buying from them knowing they're using AI, but knowing that that AI is still based on them. And I think I think that's coming, but I do think um, it's not reserved for people who are very beginning at anything that they're doing Because the whole um, tricky thing with AI is the volume of stuff you're putting into it to make it smarter.
0: Yeah. Needs enough input to understand what those patterns and characteristics are. Yeah. Sounds like we're getting close to cloning ourselves. Yeah. Where's the moral line on our cloning ourselves, Alex?
1: <laughs> uh, don't get me. St- I I think people have been cloning humans for some time. I think there's some of the celebrities out there. I won't get into that. I think I think that's already here. <laughs>
0: Definitely sheep. I know that's true. Um, oh, yeah. When I worked for the government, they did mention that China was up to something. But maybe I should not say that. Out loud, you know, that, that's those are the government secrets I should keep to myself.
1: I they keep us in the dark, but I don't know, they cloned that sheep like 30 years ago, so there's no way they haven't made advancements since then with that. That's all I'm saying.
0: I feel uh, at least in the, the chat GPT space, it's still super early, we're still very early on. Do you think I maybe I'll state my opinion first? I think that this is actually going to generate more jobs than subtract jobs from the workforce what's your what's your take
1: i kind of fall in that i think it's just going to neutralize like i think it's going to create as many as it takes away um i'm reading ai superpowers right now by i forget his name he was like the former ceo of google in china he thinks that ai is going to take away so many jobs it's going to cause like political turmoil um, he especially thinks it's going to be really bad for nations that provide labor, um, all the factories where our clothing's made and everything like that. He thinks it's going to be catastrophic for them because it's going to completely wipe out like their entire economies in those countries. So he has a he has a pessimistic view of it. Um, The book was written five years ago, though, so I do think it's a little pessimistic. I think it's going to come out neutral myself. I do think it's going to create a lot, but I do think it is going to take some away. But I also think we need that to move forward. I think that happens all the time. Every 50, 100 years, something kind of crazy modernizes how things were done, and people flip out at first, but then ultimately in the end, it is innovation. You know, it's scary at first, but it, it happens. The only constant is change.
0: I'm no like historian on technology, but I feel like even in the era of when websites were coming out, maybe that meant a bunch of print shops went out of business because people yeah. weren't printing flyers yeah, totally. for their business anymore. They're making websites. And then there was web developers. So it's
1: uh, no, exactly. I mean I even look at right now I think it's unlike any time in history. Any single person can use this thing and start talking to it and make money. Like like anyone in the world. Like there's nobody who like can, my background is like swans, if you can see that. <laughs> anyway, a lot worse things. No, but I feel like, um, anybody now, like back when two thousand, or like oh, this puts many people out of business. Now any single person can open an app on this thing and start talking to your phone and make money. So I think people, I think it's always scary at first, but I think we can't even imagine all of the opportunities that type of like AI proliferation is going to create if it doesn't kill us.
0: You think it could turn on us?
1: I, you know, like I'm not like an AI. Um, But I have seen Elon Musk and a couple other people say that they're concerned if we don't put in the proper um, laws, framework, restrictions on it now, there's going to be no taking it back. (laughs) So I'm just like, okay, well, if they're saying that, that's a little concerning. So, I mean, I think anything can happen. I think that would make sense. That would be the demise of the human race that we we out-innovated ourselves and in the name of money did not put structures in place to keep us safe. That sounds right for us.
0: I feel like it would only take one open source AI robot trained to kill to just...
1: Yeah, but that is... It. The individual nature—that's the issue, you know. Because it's not like, oh, there's a bunch of people involved. It's like it just takes one person to go rogue, and I don't have faith in humanity that that person isn't alive right now. So,
0: oh, there's probably a handful at least. There's oh, probably yeah. a Facebook group dedicated oh, to yeah. it, a no, subreddit like, out there talking about it.
1: Definitely on Reddit right now. They're definitely on Reddit plotting, a hundred percent.
0: Switching gears here. Let's talk about your book. Oh my gosh, your book is over here. I have it for you, but. Um, How did you get involved with Wiley to have your book published?
1: TikTok. So I'm a big advocate of telling people post on social media if you don't, because uh, that is how people find me and offer me these things. They didn't just like fly out of the air to me. Um, My book agent found me through one of my viral TikToks, emailed me. Was like, sick, let's do it. And then she started pitching me to publishers, which I would have never known how to do. I didn't know anything about that. I needed a book agent to do that. I would have never even known how to get a good book agent. So she found me because of TikTok. And then kind of the rest was history. So post on social media, because I do believe you got to give whatever is meant for you in this life. You got to meet it halfway sometimes. You got to get out there so that person's like, ah, I'm going to contact them.
0: That's so crazy. They slide in your DMs or they hit you in an email. Tell me the truth. What? Are, um, what'd they do?
1: My, my book agent hit me with an email, but I get I get the DMs too. And she hit me with an email. She was like, "I think this should be a book." I've been working in publishing for 25 years. I know everyone from this, this, and this to that person. And um, if you want, I'll, I'll pitch it. And I was like, "Okay, sure." Yeah, like sure. And then Wiley happened to be um, the fastest, you know, highest bidder of the pool. So that was it. That was the, then I started writing it.
0: A chapter in your book covers how to build out your virtual team and the structure you follow is the hub and spoke model. Walk me through how this model is organized and how it can be replicated for growing freelancers, entrepreneurs.
1: So, um, that, what, what book did I first read about that? And I think it might've been the $100 startup or one of those books I read. Um, that's what I call the business of one. A lot of people call it that where you, the entrepreneur, the owner of the LLC, whatever, you know, you're in the center and then you have different freelancers essentially that you hire as you need them. So they're part of your team, but they're not employees. They're not people that you have to um, pay health insurance for get sued by or anything like that. Um, taking on employees, I think, creates a, like a more corporate structure where then you're set. You you can't wax and wane. You can't like add people, remove people and be flexible, agile with the market changing or whatever. So you get slowed down, in my opinion. Hub and spoke model right now, for example, um, I haven't been doing a ton of freelance writing business. It just hasn't been my focus in the past few months. So I only have two freelance writers I'm accessing, whereas other times it might be six of them. Before people listening to this are like, exploitation, capitalist, scumbag, blah, blah, blah. I myself am a freelancer. I have my own benefits. We all have our own benefits. You can buy your own health insurance. I get mine at healthcare.gov. I have my own retirement. I have a self-employment pension fund. I've invested in land. I have an accountant that does my taxes. I'm not over here like living in the woods. I would like to, but I live like every other person, just like every other freelancer does. And- i'm not their only per- i'm not the only person paying these people right because they're their own center part of their model so i'm one of like eight people paying them so they get to decide how much they want to work and how much money they want to make and most freelancers i know make more than their salary counterparts this has been proven in a study by cnbc just saying look it up um you make more money you buy your benefits everything's fine. So that is how I work. And I do believe more people are going to have to work that way because the pace of innovation we're about to hit, I think is going to be too fast for big companies to keep up with it. I think the AI will just put them out of business if they're not able to pivot, you know, like every week to adapt to what's going on.
0: And I wonder if some of the difficulty for them is not only the bureaucracy, but Difficult to shift 72 people that are in a structured, organized system rather than having, yeah. you know, an eight to 10 people team to say just like one quick Slack message. Hey, this is how we're doing this for this this week's product yeah. or, or something like that.
1: Yeah. And you need, you need different expertises at different times. So it's like kind of hiring a catch all employee made sense in the past, of course, like having someone who was familiar with the same system you used in the computer, you not even like in the office for 40 years and made sense. But I just think now one week you might need to hire a team of AI engineers. And then the next week you may need to hire a team of AI graphic designers. You don't really know what it's going to be. And having these like catch all people that are just kind of chilling there for 40 years isn't going to make sense anymore. I also think it's more fulfilling to people to work in this arrangement than just sit in an office for 40 years too and do the same thing every day. I don't think that is conducive to fulfillment. I know that's like an insane statement. This is just going off of all the people I've known at office jobs. There might be some exceptions, but I I really think the majority of people will feel more satisfied taking on new projects, new clients, new locations, new Airbnbs. I think it's just more human like
0: and they're more likely to choose the things that they're interested in doing to be paid for you know it's like sometimes you get a job and then you get kind of worked into this weird role where you're like i don't really like this but i like having this paycheck instead of being like this is what i do this is what i sell and i love it you know i'm I'm down to keep selling this what's your process look like for adding a spoke adding a spoke to the hub like are you how do you vet these people how do you find them what's up with them
1: um i have different processes i think based on what i'm hiring for so if i want to hire a writer i have a it's in it's in my book i go on instagram for that and i post that i'm hiring in my instagram story and i have little trick questions littered throughout like the whole process because i know good writers are people who research and pay attention to the uh details of what the client's asking for so if they if they trip over my trick stuff i um disqualify them in my head you know so that's like one way i add on the writers um if i'm looking to add on someone like a virtual assistant i at this point just from being in business for eight years i know so many people that i've mentored that are now virtual assistants that i'll usually hit them up first and be like hey you want to take on any extra work you're i know you well we're buddies like you know let's let's do this um for like youtube thumbnails which i'm outsourcing right now because i just decided i'm so bad at it for that one i just went on fiverr and found a guy that. For ten bucks and he gets the job done and I just pay him ten bucks for each one. So it like really depends on what it is.
0: Yeah, that adds up. Does uh does being friends and buddies with your VAs ever get in the way of the work or uh- is it usually is copacetic?
1: I haven't really had it get in the way. I usually like have no problem in the beginning being like, "Okay, I love you, but like this is like this is what I need. Um can you do it or if you can't no worries." And if they're like, "Okay, I can do it." I'm like, "Okay, cool." And I'll just be like, I won't say like, "Oh, this is a working relationship or anything like that," but I'll just kind of be like, "Okay." I don't know how long i'm gonna need you for is that all right and you know i don't like give them any like big promises like hey i'm gonna hire you for 20 years and change your life i'm just like i need help with this this month that's all i can promise you and then that way they're never like upset with me if after six months i'm like okay that thing didn't work out but i'll hit you up again in the future because i'm a crazy person and i start like 18 new businesses and then they're always like all right word that's fine
0: (laughs) you set the expectations up front that sounds that's probably like one of the hardest parts Boundaries and expectations.
1: Yeah, I'm low because I don't know. You know, like part of this hub and spoke model is like life is unpredictable every day. The craziest things go down. Like I don't actually know. You know what I can guarantee you and not guarantee you. So I'm always very upfront about that. And then nobody can get bad. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's very true. I think yeah. that's that's a good way to to facilitate things too. Yeah. Let's uh let's dive into another portion of your book. And you touched on this earlier with Wiley. One of the concepts in your book is creating and automating content. And you talk about how you time batch recording and you'll spend about six hours a week creating, posting um, throughout all your different platforms. Can you break down your process from curating post ideas, creating the content and automation you have in place?
1: Um, Okay, so (laughs) this part of how I create content, I think people are like, Alex, what? I do not have like a content calendar. I do it very intuitively. I go off of what I'm feeling like I want to talk about at the time because I believe that excitement and genuine curiosity comes through in the video and and is what will make it successful online. So when I have time to content batch, I start the whole thing by using TikToks. That's why when they ban TikTok, it's going to throw my whole thing off right now. And I'm in denial about it, but I'm pretty sure they're going to ban it. Um, I go onto TikTok and I start scrolling through my for you page, um, to get ideas from other creators. So like if somebody is posting about how much they hate their nine to five, I'll stitch it. So I do like a reaction video. And then usually by doing that reaction video and like coming up with it, all these like ideas are like, Oh, I could talk about this now. And I'll talk about that now. And then next thing you know, an hour goes by and I'm like done. So I usually go off of like whatever's on my For You page and I just kind of react to what's in the moment. Um, Trends on TikTok and stuff come and go quickly, so you can't really plan for it. You kind of have to just see what's hot on Sunday, what's everyone talking about today. The potential TikTok ban, I'll weigh in on it from a business perspective. Um, Everyone's talking about, I don't know, they're talking about the train spill for a long time on TikTok uh, in Ohio. Um, I could weigh in on that somehow too, if you're a freelancer, believe the U S like, I you don't know, like you can, you can, you can react to anything and make it relevant to your brand in that moment. Um, and I'll never edit them like while I'm recording them, cause that's a different part of my brain. So I'll do like all the recording done and then I'll be like done with it until tomorrow. And then tomorrow I'll go in and edit all of them. So I'll do like two to three hours of recording it. And then the next day, two to three hours of editing it. And then I just push it out for the rest of the week. So TikTok, I just take the watermark off. I put it on Pinterest, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I put it everywhere, and it's the same video. And then a lot of the times um, on Instagram, whatever a topic is that's at the top of my mind, like I'm writing an ebook on monetizing your own data, since that's just so fresh in my mind right now, it'd be so easy for me to be like, all right, I'll post this picture and like write about data monetization under it because it's like what's in my head. So it's a very like real time, intuitive. Process I follow with my topics. I don't. I do not plan them out, um, and I do think that has been conducive to some of my social media success because I think you can feel the authenticity with it because it is actually what I'm interested in while I'm making it.
0: That's funny you say that because one of the notes I have written down is literally the authenticity portion. Like I can read your captions and hear it in your voice. Like, yes. you hear you saying these things. And that's what yeah. I like about It's it, is like, cool. I know Alex wrote this.
1: Yeah, like, that's so important because people don't realize, like, they they, they think they can, like, pull a fast one because you're online. You're not sitting in person. You can lie or whatever. You still can't. We all still have our human-to-human connection with each other. We're all in the energetic fabric. You know, sometimes when you're thinking of someone and they call you, like, that is not by accident. So. Even though it's a digital post, the intention behind it cannot be hidden. so I see people all the time where they'll say to me like "I want to grow my Instagram why isn't it growing and I'm like, because your posts aren't you like you're you're the funniest person I've ever met. And your Instagram couldn't be less funny like you you aren't translating your actual self onto your account, and people know that
0: I think something else that you do really well is value first in the sense of you're constantly giving, giving, giving rather than taking in in a yeah. sense of like, Hey guys, new ebook yeah. drop in tonight yeah. and then the next day it's like, Hey guys, you haven't bought my ebook yet? Here's another ebook for
1: I yeah, I hate that stuff. I hate like sales, anything. Um, I really think we're in the age of like inbound marketing where you bring people to you. So by offering them advice under a post, I think they're just as likely to go buy your book in your bio as, as they are. If you're like, there's a book in my bio, have you bought it yet? I think people are kind of like, whoa, I'll buy it when I want to. Why should I buy it? I'm just kind of like, okay, here's some advice. They read it. They like the advice. They they now trust me. And then they're like, hmm, maybe I will buy her book. Maybe she doesn't suck as much as that blog post said she did.
0: I found that people are doing more digging than I, I realized in the past. Like, I had a conversation recently, and they were talking about a guest that was on the show. And they were like, yeah. And I went through their Instagram profile, and I checked out all their stuff. And I was like, oh. Like, people are actually just genuinely curious and interested. And then they become kind of this yeah. the raving fans term of like... They'll yeah. find you. They'll like you. They'll follow you, and at some part time or sometime down the road, they might purchase from you.
1: Yeah, that's um. I read the book Superfans. Have you heard of that one? Okay, probably. Yeah, that's, that's
0: Pat one. Flynn for sure. That's our boy.
1: Um, he talks about how you make a superfan, and it happens like in the shadows. You don't realize it's happening. So they land on your Instagram one day. They go through all your posts. And if it's value-facing and they see how much, you know, value you're putting out there, how much effort you're putting out there, they see all this, they start to become a fan. And then they might comment on your post the next day. And if you take the time to write, hey, thanks so much, they're now a super fan. Because they already had, like, decided that they kind of liked what you were doing and then you interacted with them. And then now they're going to promote you to their 25 closest friends. And, it you know, it goes on from there. So he, like, talks about the whole process, but it happens you could be happening right now. Some person could be looking through my Instagram. And that's um, why I'm always thinking when I make stuff. I like that. Well, whenever I make my stuff, I'm like, what value am I offering in this? Because this could make or break someone deciding to follow along, buy my book. I don't even know, follow my YouTube or whatever. I don't even like reevaluating all the businesses I want to do in the future. But they, you know, I, I'm like, I keep them in mind when I'm writing these posts
0: i feel like i can't move on until i ask about the TikTok tock ban in the us you think it's going to happen
1: i actually do this time because something really scary is happening which should have everyone alarmed and that's that the TikTok tock ban has the unanimous support of both the republicans and the democrats which has never happened so it's something scary there that they don't like about the app um if both sides of the swamp are united on it. So both sides of the swamp are united on it. So is uh, Biden. So it's going. It's gone. Meta has paid all of them to get rid of it. So I think it's gone this time.
0: What's that going to do to you? How's I'm that going to change cry. the way you do things? Just for a couple of days, a couple of weeks.
1: I have been upset. I was upset about it the last two weeks because that's where by far my largest following is. I've had the most fun on that app. Best video editing tool. I've made lifelong friends on that app. I've learned amazing stuff on that app. So I've been really bummed for like two weeks. And then it kind of hit me this week, actually, when I was walking around Austin. I was like, you know what? I spend a lot of time on that app. Is that ultimately good for me, like mentally? You know, I'm learning all this stuff. Do I need to be learning all this stuff? Is it actually distracting me from what's right in front of me? You know, is it the next the next shiny toy? Like, is, is has it made my attention span shorter? Like, maybe this is for the best. Maybe it, it will help me tone down how much time i spend creating social media content and maybe that will allow what's next to like present itself so that's my new positive spin on it that i'm telling myself
0: yeah you have to justify it some way this is all this is all good for me you know this is i actually wanted this i'm glad they're doing this
1: yeah yeah like thank you thank you meta thank you
0: (laughs) tiktok is that way though i definitely it's one of those things for me where i'm If I'm going to have it, I know that I'm going to be on it. But if I delete it, it's like I feel a little bit refreshed every time I do.
1: I know because I hate Instagram, actually. I hate everything about the app. I think it's horribly made. I don't like the company meta. I think the video editing tool, the sounds, all of it on Instagram are so embarrassing compared to TikTok from like a tech absolutist over here. I just, on principle, I think they think by banning TikTok, everyone's going to flood to Instagram. And based on spite, I shall not be doing that. So I think if anything, like I may eventually check out some rogue, like Twitch or something. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to like focus my attention on a lesser known one that I feel people are censored less on because I feel like Instagram and Facebook censor the hell out of everything on it. And that annoys me. So I think they think we're all going to come like running back to Instagram with open arms. And I know me and the rest of... I'm not in Gen Z. I almost was. But the rest of Gen Z on uh, TikTok is going to delete Instagram. All 150 million users. There's 150 million in the US. Worldwide, there's billions. But 150 million Americans use that app.
0: Dang. I mean, it would be quite the point. It's How I see Instagram being used now is they're forcing you to pay to have any exposure, really. You know, yeah. They're forcing you to pay now to get verified. And, and yeah. if you don't pay to boost your posts, you're probably not likely to be seen as many people. They're not even showing it to people that follow you. You know, It's yeah. like
1: Instagram, it's insane. Like I, I've been losing followers because I don't really post that much on it anymore and whatever, but I have like 156,000 followers. When I post on Instagram right now, it shows it to like 2,000 people. <laughs> like, I don't know w- what happened to the other 154,000 people that follow me. Like, I get no engagement. and it, it like looks so silly. Like, I have all these followers, and I'll post a photo that gets 1500 likes. And it's like, that just looks so weird in proportion to how many people are following me. I'm just like, what is happening with this algorithm?
0: Is it like they're hoarding it so eventually you'll pay and they can give it back to you? Yeah, it has got to be it. That's got to be the only thing I think of.
1: I think they want me to boost my post. I think they want me to put $5 behind every time I post. And then I think they would show it to tons more people and the likes would probably triple. But on principle, I just refu- I refuse to do that. I refuse to pay to engage with my own following. Like, I'm not doing that, so... I'm gonna I'll be on catch me on Twitch or somewhere weird. But, like I lose. <laughs> <news. laughs>
0: Facebook banned me. I used their ads once and then they banned me like un 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 unbannable. Like there's no coming back. Like I what? did one ad and they were like, Yeah, you're done for ad with ads forever. And I was like, This is yeah, I don't know. So I think yeah, Facebook definitely has a lot of censorship, but it was wait, it's wait, so wait, weird. Dan-
1: like, Did they ban your profile, too, or your ability to run ads?
0: Um, They didn't ban my personal profile, but they banned my ad account, my business account, and any time I open an account. So if my credit card touches an account, it'll ban it. I've like tried because I'm like, I want to run some more paid ads. And every time I open one, immediate ban. They hate me. I only ran one ad, too. So it's like...
1: I hate that control that they have. Like, that's not... It's like they created the tech that we're using, but they don't own your bit. Like they shouldn't have the right to do that. That's why I'm like I'm out of there. I'm I'm done.
0: I'm excited to see what you land on Twitch or YouTube Shorts or something like that. Yeah. Whatever alternatives are out there. Yeah. I got something else for you. In 2021, you paid 115 thousand dollars in taxes. In 2022. You read the book Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright, and it changed everything. What were the best tax breaks you took advantage of last year or even this year?
1: Um, so my returns aren't done yet for 2022, so I cannot report how much better my tax burden is. I already know it's better. Um, uh, that book, okay, that book like changed my life in so many ways. But I think the, f- the first thing to say is it finally explained to me How taxes work in this country. Now I'm not talking about oh you hand in your 1099 or whatever, I'm talking about that. I'm talking about like how being taxed actually works. Because we were never taught this and like 90% of Americans don't understand this. So that quadrant he made is what I always think of. It has like four quadrants. It's like B, I, E, R or big business, investments, entrepreneurship, real estate, or something like that. And he talks about how the government will incentivize you by making you pay fewer taxes if you do what they were always going to already have to do. Meaning, if you develop land, provide housing, and if you create jobs they will lower your tax burden, because then they don't have to do it. And that's two things that the government does develops land provides housing, creates jobs, or so they think they do. But if you do it, the tax code is written in a way to incentivize you, if you do that, hey, we'll cut you, you know, some slack here, and uh, make you pay fewer taxes. So that like blew my mind in the beginning where I was like, Oh my god, that makes so much sense if you think about it, cuz if everyone got out there and started providing housing and creating jobs, like this country would hit like utopia status. And he talks about how if you're just an employee, oh, the E was for employee. If you're just an employee your whole life, you actually get destroyed by taxes the worst even if you only make if you make 40k at your office job your whole life. I'm not saying that that's not a lot of money. I'm just I'm from New York, so I'm used to like New York City price stuff, but if you are always an employee, you will never be able to access these tax benefits that people who invest in real estate and create businesses will be able to access. So you will never get out of that E quadrant. And he talks about how that's like the worst thing you could ever do as far as taxes go. It's so like learning all that just blew my mind. But anyway, practical things that I did, and this is what the assistance of my business partner, who's a CPA, she's on a call, behind me right now. And, um, her boyfriend is also my CPA. So they're like my CPA duo people. They together, but we talked about, I had them read the book with me and a huge, huge, huge thing was changing my business registration from a single member LLC to a S corp for anyone listening to this. So I get paid a salary from my own corporation now, which is just me still. So the word corporation doesn't mean like you need to have all these employees. It's just how it's registered. So all my business income, you know, goes into my business bank account and I'm paid a reasonable salary. My, my C, you you need a CPA to set this stuff up, so please consult one with you. She figured out what that reasonable salary is based on, um, different equipment I need to buy for my business or whatever. And then you only get taxed on your salary. You don't get taxed on the, all the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a tax person, you guys, but I'm doing my, I'm doing my best right now <laughs> you get taxed on the salary and not on all of the money that the business made. So that's like huge. Um, do you need to do this if you're making 40K a year? No. I think the S-corp benefits really come in when you're making six figures at something. And if you're a freelance writer like me, you have like nothing to write off. You know, I can write off plane tickets if I'm meeting someone for a business lunch or whatever, but like I don't buy inventory. I don't buy ads. I don't buy marketing. I am my market, my own marketer. So I have like no expenses. So I get really destroyed uh, when it comes to that. So S-corp real estate is huge. I I can't even, the real estate thing starts to confuse me on how many reasons why you get tax breaks, but you get a ton of them. So if you can buy land, become a landlord, buy a house, Airbnb, anything like that, you get tax breaks. Um, So I got into real estate because I read that. Um, Those are the two main things that I've done. And I also learned that if you make in, I call it like the danger zone. Um, if you make between like three hundred and sixty, or or there's like 400 and 550 K in our country, you get destroyed like in there, the tax, like, cause they raise the tax bracket on you, but you haven't made like seven figures yet either. Like it almost like looks like this, the graph I was looking at. And I fell into that unfortunate bracket when I got hit with 115 K and then it ended up neutralizing out all that extra money that I had made that year from the prior year, I just lost. So I realized like, I kind of want to hover at or below 350 unless I'm ready to like, then if not, you want to be ready to bounce to like a million. But like between there you get like, just like shot down. Like you're, you're just, it's hard. It's hard. In that big section, you, you get taxed a lot. So like at 350 or lower, she was explaining to me, you get some type of tax break. It's like 30 or 60K gets deducted off of it for some program our government has. Um, It's up until like 350K. This is why you need a CPA. They know all these like magical things.
0: Hey there, Nicholas Itali here. I wanna talk to the savvy entrepreneurs in the room. Raise your hand if you're a savvy entrepreneur. Hey, are you ready to take your business to the next level? That's what I wanna know. Do you wanna engage with your audience and build your brand like never before? Then listen up, because we have the ultimate solution for you. We specialize in helping driven entrepreneurs just like you launch and grow your very own podcast. With our expert guidance, you'll be able to produce high quality content that captivates your audience and positions you as a thought leader in your industry. Don't let a lack of time Resources or expertise hold you back. Our team will handle every aspect of podcast production from recording and editing to distribution. You can sit back and relax while we do all the heavy lifting, freeing up your time and energy to focus on running your business. But that's not all. By leveraging the power of podcasting, you'll be able to reach a wider audience than ever before. You'll attract new customers, build brand loyalty, and establish your business as a true leader in your field. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Go ahead and apply now through the link in the show notes to learn more and schedule a consultation. Apply now through the link in the show notes to learn more and schedule a free consultation. Alright, back to the episode. Man, so you just get obliterated in the danger zone. 115k off of 360 is, is... That is gargantuous. (laughs)
1: It's huge. It's just not like it makes me upset because I really think people who are out entrepreneurially creating jobs, creating services, innovating, whatever, like should have incentive to keep wanting to make more. So I think when your tax structure de incentivizes the people who have made it to 400 or 500K, I think that's so stupid. Like, those are the people that it should be like, keep going. Make the app. You're doing. You're doing well. Like you're inventing things. So I, I think it's so. It needs to be rewritten and all that stuff. They won't rewrite it, but it should be.
0: Yeah, they're more concerned about TikTok right now. Yeah. Has your uh, real estate portfolio changed? What's changed since that book? Or I know your outlook on real estate has changed, but have you been more on the prowl? Or you're like. Hey, I'm getting closer to that danger zone. Maybe if I just buy a property, this would kind of like offset some things.
1: Um, I think because of my unfortunate experience with the hurricane earlier this year, I'm not really into buying structures right now. <laughs> um, I'm actually selling my house. It's going to close in one week. Praise the Lord. Someone bought it for way more than I've bought it for. even though It got like annihilated by a hurricane. So thank you, God, on that one. But Um, I sold my one Miami apartment because I decided I don't like being a landlord at all. And I have just one other Miami apartment and my sister's my tenant. So I'm not really a land, like I don't contact her. She just occasionally is like, Hey Al, the shower curtain sucks. And I'm like, all right, bill me, then on me for a new one. So it doesn't like really feel like a landlord to her. Um, And that's a really nice apartment in Miami. And I'm counting on that to be worth like way more than I got it for because everything in Miami is going up, but sold the other Miami one selling my house but then bought a plot of land in Florida two weeks ago. So it's always moving around. Pretty soon it's about to be one apartment, one condo, and some land. And then I would like to add some more land to it. But I do not want any structures right now. <laughs> I'm good.
0: A bad bad taste in the mouth, I'm sure. Let, let's no. talk about it. Let's talk about Hurricane Ian. What? Where were you when it happened? How did it all unfold, if you're uh, willing to relive it?
1: Yeah, no, I was terrible. I was in Cape Coral at my friend's house with my mom and her boyfriend. Um, It was not supposed to hit our area. It was supposed to hit Tampa, which is two hours, like 150 miles north of us. So nobody was prepared. Where we took shelter was still deemed, like, safe that morning. It wasn't. None of us should have been there. But it was still, like, deemed safe because they totally got it wrong. So I now know that, like, in the south with these hurricanes, when they tell you, oh, here's the path. Like, they don't know the path. If I knew that now, like, I mean, they don't actually know this path. Um, It was actually funny. because the night before. There was this guy in the Everglades on TikTok. He came up in my feed. He was like, people who live in the Everglades are also, like, the sickest people in our country like they're like navy seals these people are so insane for living there like nature wants to consume you in the everglades anything can eat you there's pythons crocodiles alligators and they're just like chilling out there like now i love the gators those people are insane like they're the ones we should send for like navy seal stuff anyway he came up with his like alligator tooth necklace on he's like y'all I've been through, you know, 65 hurricane seasons in the South. And he, like, licked his finger and, like, put it up. He's like, this one's hooking, hooking straight for Southwest Florida. And I was like, I sent it to her and I said it to my mom, I was like, I hope this guy's insane and, like, kidding right now. He's like... Based on the wind and the moisture, I think it's going to make landfall in Fort Myers, which is where I live. And I was like, "No way!" You know, all the Florida coast, like it's going to make landfall where we live. Like, come on, this guy's, come on, you know. And my house is in Matt Lachey, which is um, actually where it may landfall. Like this little town of two thousand people, where my house is, is where it may landfall. Like, I think it's coming raining right from Lachey. and I, I said it to her. I was like. This guy's either a genius, and we're so screwed right now, or hopefully he's nuts. But I was like, every major weather channel was like, I was going up to Tampa, it's going you know, whatever. It may landfall, Matt Lachey. So I'm like, I'm only listening to weather people on TikTok from now on. He's like, I can tell from the water and the swamp. Yeah, he was like putting his hand in the mud. He's like, it's it's hooking in. I was like, what? If you think about, it, of course, this guy would know 65 years. I mean, sure, he would know way better than some guy named Brad on the Weather Channel. Like, he doesn't know. He's got, like, his Doppler radar, which was so wrong. Um No, yeah, it demolished where we live. Demolished. It was horrifying. I have never seen nature do such a thing. I've never been involved in a natural disaster. Um it was traumatizing coming to the next day. We didn't have internet or power for two weeks. So we couldn't even like contact people, the medical helicopters. Um, I don't know if they're going to yell at me, the government, but thousands of people died and they they didn't report it. And I we all don't know why they didn't report that, but thousands of people died. So it was like, people were just dead, like everywhere. It was terrible. Horses were dead. The whole area still looks like it just got like chopped in half. Like someone just like chopped like every tree, half tornadoes, destroyed everything. I mean, it's, it still looks terrible. And people, I mean, where my house was, luckily I didn't shelter at my houses, people died. They drowned in their homes, got swept away by currents. I mean, it was horrible, 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 horrible. The ocean rose like 10 feet into my house. Um, the winds were like 200 miles per hour. I mean, it was terrible. Like we all probably need therapy for it. Uh Like, my mom and my friend were, like, crying on the floor. Like, they, we were just getting these alerts to our phone, like, every 30 seconds saying, like, shelter in place, a tornado of 200 miles per hour is nearby, shelter in place. There is no, you can't shelter in a Florida home. There's no cellar. So, you're just like, all right, word. Like, none of us should be here right now. So, thank you, whoever's fault that is. And it was just awful it was awful everyone a lot of people lost everything and a lot of people didn't have insurance they lived in trailer homes and stuff I mean it was just you can feel the suffering still in the area I think that's kind of why like I want to get out from it because it's like I can like feel bad juju like there's just a lot of people suffering and I did a fundraiser I raised I think like 10k for my town I'm like this is the best I can do here's 10k you guys love ya like I'm out of here I can't do this. This is way too, it's a lot. It was just, it was a lot. I had no idea mother nature could do that. It was terrifying. Like I just watched like trees just like rip out of the ground and like levitate. Like I was just like, is this the rapture? I I mean, I was like, what am I witnessing? I used to think, Oh, we had a bad up in upstate New York with our blizzards. You know, we'd have the fire going for two days. Oh my God. People from the south, you guys win. No, to tell you the truth, it's it's honestly made me want to move to mountains where like water can't rise, and like yell up your house because that's like when I saw what the water it, like did in my house. And to these people, I mean, is there anything scarier like think about? It, is there anything scarier than like drowning in your own home? Like, isn't that a horrible can't even way to go? It.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: I'm just horrible way to go. Like, I'm like okay, I'd rather get struck by lightning or i don't even know but like drowning in my own home i don't know it's not for me the people from the south who like are cool with that you guys are badass and that's all i have to say oh, sorry i just went on man, was that like I... 10 minutes
0: <laughs> no that was everything i needed but man i could just like visualize everything it's that's i mean that sounds horrific um horrific, horrific. on the flip side of it was there it seemed like there was at least some positive on the aftermath of people kind of coming together and maybe,
1: yeah, that was cool to see. Um, first time in my life. Cause I was, you know, in a mass casualty, like situation that, um, all the stuff we bicker about in this country goes away when people are dying, which was nice to see. Um, cause sometimes I do, you know, worry for our country and everything with all the fighting and stuff. But if, uh, push comes to shove, you know, Americans are still Americans and will still help you and that was that was cool to see and like kind of shocking almost because I honestly like I probably should write a book about it. I mean I saw like so much in two weeks I saw so much that I had never experienced or seen before it was all just kind of shocking to like see it almost made you want to cry like how sweet people are like how sweet your neighbor actually can be even though they told you to F yourself because of who you voted for it's like it, to me, it's it's such a – what a luxury we live in in this country. I think people don't realize we have the luxury to hate other people for their beliefs. Like, that's such a luxury because the second people are dying, like, you don't have that luxury anymore. And I just hate your neighbor because you don't like their flag, they're flying. Like, that's a just – we're so spoiled here that we can do that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it also puts things in perspective, like you're saying, that if you are on two – opposite ends of the political spectrum when in need you don't become democrat republican you both become american and say i got you you know it's like we we both value the the human life
1: yeah no it was like it kind of restored my faith in humanity in like some ways um the generosity from the small businesses uh, and, and some larger big uh, businesses, Publix was. Um, if anyone's been to Florida, I think there's Publix in all over the South. It's a grocery store chain. They the next day um, had supply tables and stuff out in the parking lots. I don't even know how they got it because none of the all the roads were uh, underwater. Like I don't even know how they got the supplies in. They like airdropped dropped it. Um, they were amazing. And like all the small businesses were really the like backbone of it for two weeks. Like every restaurant just gave out all their free food. They just gave out food. Like, for two weeks, if you could even get your car anywhere, if you even still had your car, a lot of people's cars washed away. Like, if you could even get to the restaurant, everything was just free. So, it was, like, the generosity was just, like, unbelievable um, from everyone. Still, from, I mean, they're still doing stuff. You know, and I was like, I'm going to raise money. Like, I'm going to do all this stuff. So, people were so generous. And, like, that was, um, that was so nice to see. Like, just... The businesses are what stepped up. That's why I'm always like shop small, like support these businesses near you. Like these are the literal backbone of your community. These are the people that are feeding you when a tornado rips your street up, you know, and don't forget that type of thing.
0: Do you feel like you got a second, second lease on life a bit or like, um, <laughs> or at least a perspective on like, I don't know. I, 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 I try not to, but I find... I have moments where I'm like not as grateful for life as I could be. And I wonder if a situation like that arose being like, you know, I survived this thing that was right through my small town. Yeah,
1: I think, um, I, I had like a catastrophic thing already happen in my 20s. That was, that was the first catalyst that started me doing all of this. Like realizing life is fleeting. You never know when someone's going to die type of thing. Like I'm going to write my own rules. I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to make my own money. Like that was that first catalyst. This was a catalyst too. That was a different one since I'm already working for myself. This one like this one woke me up to... All you have in this life, like, yeah, you, you know, I control my hours, I can make what money I want, whatever, is having fun. Because at this point in my life, I've had a couple just crazy things happen to me already by 30 that I'm just like, I could choose to be like scared by the next one or like fearful, or I need to choose to like double down on the present moment more than ever and prioritize fun because so many things about life are not fun. Um, Dealing with insurance companies for six months to get them to send you the checks that they have to send you for your house. That's not fun. Checking your bills in the mailbox. That's not fun. Like talking to a pissed off client. That's not fun. So How can I add more fun into my everyday and not feel guilty for it? And I suffered from workaholicism and feeling guilty if I wasn't working for 14 hours a day. And then that happened. And I kind of was like, why? Like, now I, this morning, woke up. I felt like working out. So I worked out. I went to a coffee shop, called someone, didn't start writing in in an ebook till 11. And it's okay. Like, I still wrote in the ebook. I had fun doing it, I had my little cappuccino. And I worked out, so I feel good, and I wanted to. And I walked to the coffee shop and looked at the flowers on the way because so I've like really cut down my social media usage. Like, I'm always like, how can I make my day more fun? And that is what the hurricane woke me up to in a weird way.
0: You're controlling the pace of pace of your own your own lifestyle, and it is easy to get sucked into just doing. The necessity and feeling guilty for not being hyper productive and all of those things i actually like that a lot that's a that's a great takeaway
1: i also think people have become the like most serious and unfunny not humorous that like we've ever been i actually want i love going to like the uk and stuff because they're so much funnier than americans there or uh, probably anywhere else in the world like americans have become so unfunny Mm -hmm. We're so serious here in this country. Like everyone is so serious and offended and on guard and you can't say this and you can't say that and we humor's not okay. And then you like you go to the UK and you just hear like the C word on the street and I'm like I love this because I feel like it's a lighter. I feel like this is like a lighter energy. Like I'm always saying to people, like it's okay to laugh or like it's okay that you swore at your client. <laughs> like just laugh about it. I mean, chill, you know, type of thing. So I'm always a proponent of like it's not that serious or like oh your favorite client that you love canceled the contract. Okay, go get another one. Go on a bike ride. Like it's you know, none of it. None of this is that serious. That was kind of what I. That's what I took away like from the hurricanes. It's like you could be the most serious person in the world, earn all this money, build this beautiful home, do whatever. And then Mother Nature's gonna be like, ha, I have 205 mile per hour winds headed your way. You know that nice roof? I'm gonna rip it right off. And it's like kind of funny. And really i I'm trying not to swear. So it's like kind of funny in a really sick way. It's like dark humor in a way where it's like, hey, you thought that's what I wanted for you, God? Nope no 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 you went off the path sister gotcha and i'm just like i feel like there is humor to be seen in nature spiritually from god from the universe like i do feel like there's more like funny things that go on if you're able to like have a sense of humor you 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 have to be like willing to see the like humor in it
0: if god created comedy i mean he's got to be the funniest one he's got to be the best at it
1: oh i mean i always say like for people who don't like to hear the word God or whatever, it's God to me, but I, God is hysterical with me. He's, like the, like, the stuff sometimes, I'm just, like, you are, you think you are so funny. Like, there's times where I'm just, like, come on. Come on. Like, I couldn't have written that. That's so, like, come on.
0: Do you got one brewed up? You got an instance brewed up? What comes to mind?
1: It's, it's not, like, because I don't want to, like, give anything away ever of, like, a person or something, but it, it'll be, like, sense of humor stuff where, someone will be like so crazy to me or some type of thing like won't work well or whatever and then like 8 years later that person will be back for like such an ironic thing where i'm just like what the frick? you like not even Alex advice, let's forget like, all these mean
0: things i said to you <laughs> I, I need it's something just, for me, something like, like that
1: yeah like it'll just it'll just be stuff where i'm just like how like, how is this person back and they need this now? And I happen to offer that after they told me not to, you know, it's like that type of thing where I'm just like, this is funny.
0: The irony of it all. Yeah. I, uh, I do, I do see, uh, an agreement of like, we are very timid to say things. There is a sense of seriousness. And what I've seen recently, I've been going to more comedy shows, checking out some, some hmm. comics, Funny, but I can definitely see them nervous up there. Like, like seasoned, some sure. seasoned, I should say, more seasoned comics up there that are like, I have some jokes. They might be offensive, and it's like, that sucks. Just yeah. let it rip, man. You know, like we we want to know what's funny, but I I get it. You know, that comes from oh, feedback and reprimanding was, of.
1: Um, yeah, look at uh, who was it? Chris Rock or whatever. Got, like assaulted because he made a joke that Will Smith didn't like. He just got like punched in the face. Like, I'd be scared if I was them. Someone's just going to, like, punch me.
0: That's true. Ah, the violence. Yikes. <laughs> Alex, we are rapidly approaching the final question of the podcast. We did it. Well done. It. Before we do, I want to acknowledge you for all that you're doing. Always appreciate everything that you're doing, Alex. I love that you're, like we mentioned earlier, authentic, um putting putting your message out into the world, helping others, putting other people first, helping them live the lives they want to live in tune with what we mentioned earlier about people being in pursuit of their purpose or passion. Like what comes alongside that is like the, the impact you have on others along the way when you're doing yeah. that. And I think it's super cool to see you having that impact on those people. So I appreciate you, you being relentless and getting, getting that message out there. Final question of the podcast is what does it mean to live a fulfilling life?
1: I feel like my definition for that is changing as I, you know, go through different lessons and whatnot. But I mean, I th- I think I think a fulfilling life, I think a person's happiness is directly linked to how much they are living out their purpose here. And I think your unhappiness is directly linked to how far away from it you are. So I think a fulfilling life is it's like The alchemist, I just read, it might be the craziest life ever, but it's a life led on your own terms in pursuit of whatever you only, you know, you know, lights your soul on fire, whatever you're dreaming of every night, it's pursuing it and seeing what happens along the way. Even if it sounds crazy, even if you lose it all, you know, all that, I think it's, I think your happiness is directly linked to doing what you're here, what you're meant to be doing here.
0: Love it. I agree with that. Where can people find you on the internet? Where can they say, what's up? Where can they say hello?
1: Everywhere. If you look up my name, Alex Fasulo or Alexandra Fasulo, I come up. There's not really, I think there's like one other one in the world. So you'll know it's me if you see purple or red hair or this like Slytherin thing I have going on now, where it's like dark and blonde in the front. It's It's all me, all the hair colors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> those links will be down below look for the hair colors say hello to alex alex thanks so much for being on the show
1: thank you nicholas
0: bye thanks bye bye oh my gosh hold on wait as we're still recording you have your book
1: near you um i'm like the world's worst saleswoman i do not have it on me
0: <laughs> here we go so here's sad. the screenshot right there there it is okay cool nice that was the episode. You just listened to it. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share this episode with a friend that you appreciate. It'll take five seconds and is a great use of your screen time. The real reason you're still here. You want to know the answer to the riddle of the week. What state is known for its small drinks? Mini soda. <laughs> oh, Mini soda. Not good for your health unless you just have one. One never hurt anybody. Thank you for tuning in. New episodes every Friday at 6 a.m. Since you're here, though, if you enjoyed this episode with Alex and you want to get some more of her, get more of her background, understand her story, go check out episode 92. That's the first one we did together. Lays out the full foundation, the groundwork. You're not going to regret it. Be kind, be strong, be disciplined, be obsessed. Goodbye.
1: Bye.